0: And we're back on Inside Black and Gold. I am Jeff Nowak. This is a live mailbag. Let us start with Jerry G, who has a new picture. Breast cancer awareness, which uh, it's good to see. It says, next week we'll be busy for the Saints. Sunday at Texans. And next Thursday night, versus the Jaguars on Thursday night football. And, and I agree, this is a very difficult stretch. And I think... That Thursday night football turnaround, which is already difficult to begin with, you're facing a Jaguars team that has played very well. They just beat the Bills over in London. I will say that you might get a reprieve here in terms of the Jaguars actually have a more difficult situation to navigate. They're coming back from London after two weeks. Right, so they've fully acclimated to the time change. They are coming back, they don't have a bye week, they have to play this week, and then they have to make a quick turnaround and go on the road to face the Saints. So while this is a tough turnaround for the Saints, I think it's actually more difficult for the Jags. And I still but I still with that in mind, I still think that you really need to win the game against the rookie quarterback before you go and face what I would argue is the best quarterback on the Saints' schedule this year in Trevor Lawrence. I asked DA about this. I asked him if it's difficult to game plan for you know two different quarterbacks that you've never faced in 10 days, and he wouldn't buy it. He would say, oh, we're focused on the Texans. And and I think it's, it is interesting because he's talked multiple times about how this Texans team reminds him of the 49ers. They have, the, they have similar schemes. Their rosters are built similarly. Now, the Texans are probably two to three years away from having the level of talent they need to seriously contend, right? But what we've seen is a team that plays hard, they fly to the football, they have a solid pass rush, they have a quarterback who doesn't turn it over, or at least he hasn't, you know, the Saints would love to be the first team to intercept uh, Alante Taylor. I'm sorry, not Alante Taylor. Uh, CJ Stroud, Alante Taylor, talked about it today. And he, said, and he basically said the same thing. He said, we would love to uh, be that team to, to get that first interception. And the Saints team, unlike last year, has gotten a ton of interceptions. They have seven. I held up five. They have seven interceptions on the season through, through five games. They had seven interceptions total in the 2022 season. So that changes things. When you can turn the ball over at that rate, I think they're plus three in turnover margin after the Patriots game because they went into it even. The Patriots are minus eight, which is hard to win games that way. But yeah, this is a Saints team that I think really needs to win this game against the Texans. So you can turn around and go at the Jags with everything you've got at four and two, and hopefully you can win another game. And You know, get on a winning streak, right? It's been so long since I can recall the Saints just getting on a 4-5 or game winning streak and just feeling like you are in control of your own destiny. Every year, this is the time where we've seen the Saints go into games they should win and lay an egg, and then... Get to the end of the season, you're like, man, if only you hadn't blown a ten point lead against the Giants. If only you hadn't put up a dud for the first three and a half quarters against the Falcons and needed an eighteen point comeback and then lost on a last second field goal. Right, the, those are the games that you know you you look back on and you're like, man, you missed the playoffs by one game. There it was in your hands and you couldn't get it done against Daniel Jones and the Giants. Uh, and so this is where you need to you need to change that you need to correct that narrative and go win the games you should win against a rookie quarterback. I don't care how good he's playing; he's still a rookie quarterback, and you should be able to take advantage of that with a defense that is playing at as high a level as any team in the NFL. So we'll see. You know, it, it, but it is funny when you look at it and you look at the way this schedule has kind of panned out. And five of the Saints' first eight games are against AFC opponents. And the Mickey Loomis talked about that on WWL this week, and I thought it was interesting because you know four of your first six games are on the road, five of your first eight are against AFC opponents, teams you don't play a ton, right? The Titans are actually a team the Saints are pretty familiar with because they've played them several times over the last three, four years with the same coaching staff and the same quarterback. But, you know, you look at the Patriots, they played them in 2021. Yes, 2021. It was week three. Jameis was still the quarterback. That was actually the game that Teron Armstead got hurt. Tony Jones Jr. uh, had a a part in that, which I don't think we even mentioned. Tony Jones Jr. is out in the Cardinals now. Poor guy keeps getting claimed on waivers every year and as it just goes somewhere else. I think last year it was Seattle. He went out there for a couple games. He ended up in Denver. But yes, that, that was the time they played the Patriots. So they did have some familiarity with the Patriots. But now you have a few games against teams that you just have not played, which is the Texans. You know, a team that you did play in the preseason, the last two years, but it's been a while since you have played them in the regular season and you have never played them with the Mika Ryans or CJ Stroud. So that's a completely different scouting process. Same is true of the Jaguars. You have not faced them since Doug Peterson took over since they got Trevor Lawrence. And so it is a completely new scouting assignment. You have to start from scratch and go into it figuring it out from square one now they did catch a break as we've mentioned with the Colts again a team that is completely different from the last time you saw them and has a rookie quarterback that has been starting but he will not be there so the Saints get to go against Gardner Minshew a player that they have some experience going against. They faced him in 2019 when he was on the Jaguars. They won 13-6. to 6. That was a game Teddy Bridgewater started. It was in Jacksonville, and the defense dominated. Jared Cook caught a touchdown in that game. Don't ask me why I remember that. And then they faced him last year in week 17. Week 16? Week 17? I can't remember. It was late in the season. And they beat the Eagles 20-10. to 10, A game that, you know, you looked at the schedule at the beginning of the season, and you would have penciled in a loss because the Saints aren't beating the Eagles. Well, they did. So that kind of strength of schedule thing at the beginning of the season is, uh, as Mickey put it it's, not, it, it's more usually more important when you play a team than, than who you play. And so you, you'll have to see, but that Colts team is going to be tough and you're just going to have to figure it out as you go. But I would much rather go into that Colts game at 5-2 uh, at than at 3-4, uh, 4-3. And four, four and I don't know. The math, the math is tough. But yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Thanks for the question, Jerry. Demetrius James also points out might not have to deal with Justin Jefferson in that matchup on November 12th. Either, yeah, Justin Jefferson went on injured reserve. A lot of players ended up on injured reserve this week. And you, you kind of look at it like, whew, you know, the Giants are also dealing with a ton of injuries. They're also terrible. I think they're one in four. So, you know, Daniel Jones is, is dealing with a neck issue. Saquon Barkley hasn't played the last few weeks, although it does look like he's trending in the right direction. So, yeah, it's... It's just a situation where you can't count your chickens on the schedule release. You know, you got to figure out what team you're facing when you get there, right? The Patriots, while they were in bad shape going into that game, they were in much worse shape without Matt Judon and Christian Gonzalez. Two of, I would argue two of their best defensive players. Maybe they're two defensive. Maybe they're two best defensive players who got hurt the week before and the Saints didn't have to deal with them. And so like, that's a completely different Patriots team than it was with those players. And you know, the Colts are going to be a completely different offense with Gardner Minshew than they were with Anthony Richardson. So it's all, it's all relative and you just got to figure it out. But yes, Jordan, Justin Jefferson went on IR. The thing is the first game he will be eligible to return is against the Saints. So if they do have to face him, it will be a rusty Justin Jefferson and talk about a team that's struggling. The Vikings look listless. I, I, I think you're if you're the Vikings you're starting to get in the territory of fire sale situation, right? Kirk Cousins is in the last year of his contract. I don't know how confident you are in Kirk Cousins as your, you know, your savior, but I mean, what has he done really to make you believe that he is the long-term answer to in the in the realm that you give him a multi-year deal? You know, do you give him a Derek Carr type deal? I mean, they're very similar quarterbacks, but are you going to reset the deck? Where are you going to be by the time Justin Jefferson gets back? He is that offense. You don't really have a running back. You've, you're looking at Alexander Madison and Cam Akers. Like, I mean, there's just not a lot to be desired on that Vikings team. They played above their weight last year. They won all those one score games. They went to the playoffs. I think they were, what, 13 and four? They had a negative score differential. They won 13 games and they were outscored on the season. That's crazy. That doesn't read as a team that is ready to take the next step. That reads as a team that is lucky to be there. You know, and, and speaking of score differentials, I did find it interesting. I looked this week. There are two teams in the NFL with a record of 500 or better and a negative score differential. One is the Steelers, who are 3-2 and two with a minus 31 score differential. They've been outscored by 31 points. They've allowed 31 more points than they've scored. And the Falcons are the other one. They are minus 13, so they've allowed 13 more points than they have scored on the season. Both teams are 3-2. and two. So it's kind of interesting how that works, but it's, it's very rare to see a team have a record anywhere near 13-4 and four and still have a negative score differential. That's nearly impossible. That takes some real special blowouts that you've been a part of for, for that to happen. Joey Ragus, will Dennis Allen be fired if we don't make the playoffs? I believe so. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think probably it, it matters how it happens, right? If it ends up being it's one of those obnoxious seasons where you win ten games and you lose a tiebreaker, but you've played generally well, right? Then who knows? Maybe maybe. It, you get into a situation where it's like, yeah, it's tough to it's tough to see a team go from seven and ten to ten and seven and fire your head coach. But if this team wins nine or fewer games and misses the playoffs, I think you would you would have a really hard time making that argument with how weak this schedule was. It would still be a step forward, though. And this team is not one to scoff at progress, <laughs> you know. And I know that the fans have become accustomed to this Super Bowl or bust mentality, which was the case over the last few years when Drew was here, but. In a, in a year where you brought in Derek Carr and you are, to some extent, settling for improvement, it's not hard to see a scenario where this team talks itself into bringing Dennis Allen back, even if you don't make the playoffs. But if you have a sub-500 record, if you go 7-10 again with a level of talent on this team, with the quarterback you brought in as your guy, with all the coaches that you hired as your guys, it's going to be really hard for me to make that argument. Right, and I'm I'm usually a glass half full guy. I'm usually a rose-colored glasses guy. If you can't find a way to have a winning record, find a way to have a winning record this season, then it's it's a non-starter for me. Yes, I think you would be fired. Now, I do think the Saints are going to get to the playoffs this year. I really do. I think the way things have started, and I know it's upsetting to a lot of people because they haven't looked as perfect as you might have hoped. But you you look at all the ways this season. Could have started. You're, they've got three games without Alvin Kamara. Your quarterback goes down with an AC joint sprain in week three, and you lose in the most devastating way possible. Come back the next week, look listless and lose. Then you go out to New England and you win 34 to nothing. You're three and two after five games. You have Alvin Kamara back. Derek Carr looks like he's back healthy, and you're seeing guys improve. You're seeing the offense look more consistent. You're seeing Mike Thomas healthy. And and getting back, you know, I still don't think he's 100% back to where he wants to be, but every week you can see the rust continue to fall off. I thought he was excellent against the Patriots. I think in a game where it's competitive in the second half, you would have seen a much bigger game out of him than what you got, but you just didn't need him. So I think to me, that's where you're looking at is this team is getting better and better and better and you know, by the end of this season you're hoping that the offense has caught up with the defense and you're hit, and you're you're hitting on all cylinders and you're and you're going into the playoffs playing your best football. And hopefully the health the health this is the year that the health kind of comes back to the mean where you make up for some of that bad luck. So I think yeah, I, I, don't, I think that yes, if this team fails to make the playoffs, you probably do fire Dennis Allen and you reset, but I I don't think that's what's gonna happen. Eric Howard says, why Trevor Penning turning into the problem child on the O-line? He has steadily improved from game to game, and James is as inconsistent at times as Penning. I agree with this. I don't think that it makes sense to bench Trevor Penning. I think that that would be a very difficult thing for a young player to try to navigate from an emotional perspective and from a confidence perspective. I also agree that I don't think James has been very consistent either but i do think that he was better at left tackle than he has been at left guard so you know i i think that there is a scenario where you look at it and you're like okay his floor is higher and you you are able to do some things that you are not able to do with Trevor out there but i mean i i tend to agree i think if if you're benching Trevor Penning in week 6 of this season when you're three and two and things seem to be on the right trajectory and getting better, albeit not where you want them to be. I think that would be a mistake. So we'll have to see. You know, I don't think it's decided yet. You're seeing things happen in practice, and that's you know, that could be just getting reps in, getting drills in. But, you know, it's 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 definitely real. So we'll have to we'll have to watch. Justin Pasquale. Pasqual, however you say that, glad the Saints finally ran some motion last week. Don't you think they should run some play action though, considering the success Carr has had in the past running play action? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, this, is, this is a scenario where you want to keep introducing wrinkles. Do you want to just keep getting your offense where it needs to be? I don't think that the lack of play action is necessarily a product of not wanting to run play action. I think it's a product of you were not able to run the ball weeks one through three and you did not have Alvin, and it just didn't work. And when you did run play action, teams didn't respect it, and there's nothing worse than running a play action where the end does not even consider going after the running back and just tackles your quarterback before he can turn around and even see a target. And so I think that's what the situation you were in early in the season when you could not pass protect and you could not run and you could not block. So it just didn't make sense to run play action. It would not have helped you. They were not, go, they were not going for it. Now, this last game against the Patriots, I think you were able to run the ball and you would have been able to get into the play action uh, pages of your playbook, but you didn't need to. You were up 34 nothing. You were up 21 nothing at halftime. How many wrinkles did you really have to throw into the equation? You saw them in the first half. You saw more motion. They had 14 snaps of motion in this game. I think the majority was in the first half. Uh, Dennis Allen's not going to be happy with the pre-snap penalties because of motion. And I wouldn't be surprised if one of the reasons the Saints had not been running a ton of motion is because they have a defensive head coach who looks at that and says that that garbage is nothing. Like that's not affecting us at all. Like we don't need that because it doesn't. It's not something that. I care about as a defensive coach. And when I see other teams running a ton of motion, I'm just like, cool, Um, but still not going to work. And so I think from his perspective, it's like, if all it's going to do is put us in positions where we make mistakes, then no, don't run it. If you're going to run it, it has to be executed correctly. And that's kind of what he said this week. And I tweeted that and people got up in arms because anytime Dennis Allen talks, people like to complain, but Hey, whatever. But no, I, I agree. I think you do need to, It's not even about the motion per se. It's about being less predictable. It's about not doing what they expect you to do. Even if you're running the same play that they think you're going to run and you can give them a different look, you know, and there's the concept of, yes, if you're running motion, a lot of times you can identify whether it's man versus zone, but in most cases you don't need to you don't need to send a guy in motion to know whether they're playing man versus zone you can tell based on you know how the defensive backs are lined up and you're getting a lot of keys that does not require seeing a guy run across the line of scrimmage just or not the line of scrimmage but run from one side of the formation to the other just be like oh they're in man you know so yeah it's it's something that i think you're going to see them continue to incorporate but this is not going to turn into like the 49ers offense it's just not Justin Pasqual also says, especially being committed to the run like we have, yeah. They, they I think the way that they approach the run game in weeks five is the way they have to continue to uh, approach the run game. There's Gigi says, I am so upset about moving Hurst. Now, let's be real, well, let's be let's be accurate here. They have not done anything yet. They have not come out and announced. Okay, James Hurst is now our starting left tackle. We're basing this off of very early decisions in the week and what we have seen. Um, but it's definitely something that is, that is a possibility. And so you're going from there. And the question is, is it the, the right decision or is it something that you are kind of overreacting to? Again, like I said, I think the correct approach would be start Andres Pete next to Trevor Penning and see how things go the next few weeks. If it continues to be a problem and, and you cannot get the run game going and you cannot allow Trevor to try to correct some of these issues in the run game now that he has ironed things out to an extent in pass pro, then I think you, you make that change. But you don't have to overreact and bench a, bench a young player who is finding his way to make things, to make things happen. I, I just don't think you do, especially with a defense-first team, which the Saints very much are. Eric Howard, do you think the defense has found the formula to stop an offensive team that has a mobile quarterback? No, (laughs) that's honestly. And and that's one of the biggest concerns I have is when you end up facing, you know, an Anthony Richardson, right. Or a Justin Fields, what happens? You know, to an extent though, I actually think that those are the easier matchups because you at least know, you know, when you're designing runs for the quarterback, the defense can at least have a plan for that. It's the, Quarterbacks like Baker Mayfield or like a Jalen Hurts who aren't necessarily scrambling to run. They are scrambling to extend the play and they're very good at it. Those are the players that have given the Saints a ton of trouble over the last few years. And I, I don't think that they have done anything tangibly to to change that, to, to to find that formula, as you put it, to to stop that. They just have to be better and they have to contain, right? They just can't allow... Third down scrambles like they did against the Bucs. That was the worst of all evils in terms of how that game went of, yes, the Saints actually did do a decent job of shutting things down, but they were not able to contain Baker Mayfield on third down specifically and he was able to just pick up enough yardage to keep the drive going and exhaust the defense and just keep him on the field forever. They had a 17 play drive in that game. And multiple times it was just Baker Mayfield just standing there and waiting and waiting and making a guy miss and then picking up 8 yards and so I don't know. You know, it's it's going to be, you know, some there's a there's this idea that every defense is going to be good against every style of offense and every quarterback and every system. That's just not true. Some defenses are better against others, against certain systems. And I think the Saints defense is always going to struggle to an extent to to contain mobile quarterbacks. Now, you can still win those games. It helps when you have an offense that can put up points. And that's been the issue the last few years is in those games where the defense is not able to be as dominant, the offense has never been able to pick up the slack, especially last year so you know but then there's like you look at that 49ers game the 49ers spent all season beating up on teams they put 13 points on the board if the saints could have done anything offensively in that game you know they they might be the you know the finally the team that can beat i guess brock Purdy wasn't in there yet it was jimmy grapple still at that point but you get the idea like there are there's going to be matchups where the defense can dominate and the the offensive scheme they're facing really fits their eye and there's going to be games where the defense is at a little disadvantage and the offense has to help them out and uh, so I think that's what you have to hope for one more question then we'll get out of here Randy Savage the macho man with Foster Moreau and Juwan Johnson in the lineup now do we see less taste in Hill plays well as we talked about in the in the opening segment Juwan John Johnson's still not at practice he's still dealing with that calf injury so I don't, I don't know if you're going to see him in the lineup I would be surprised if he is um, in terms of Got two games in ten days. If you're not practicing now, uh, you know maybe the target is Thursday, right? A week from a week from Thursday, we'll have to see. But no, I don't think I don't think the tight ends formulaically. It's a I don't know if that word makes sense in that in the context, but whatever. I don't think the tight ends like in the formula affect Taysom Hill in that way. I think his his role in the offense is so distinct even though it's everything it's still so so distinct in their in their scheme that he's going to get his carries he's going to get those seven to ten touches whether it's a pass whether it's a run I would honestly not mind seeing him throw the ball more and I, I, I think that it's a scary thing to talk about but you it goes in waves right where you've run so many times in a row. With Taysom Hill, when you've you've had these or read option plays or whatever, that defenses start to play it a certain way. And then you can hit them over the top, right? And you can just take a shot and take a chance and go get something, like uh, that game against the Seahawks, right, where Taysom Hill was running all over him and then you were able to hit Adam Troutman up the seam for a touchdown. And I think we haven't really seen that yet. We haven't really seen Taysom throw the ball downfield. We've seen him throw the ball a couple times, I think, against the bucks. it was like for a 13 yard out to Mike Thomas right it was it was not a big play potential on the field and so like that's where I want to see I wouldn't mi- I would not mind seeing this Saints team go out there and throw a shot play with taysom Hill you know once a game right and we and you know we've joked about it in the past I think it was against the Giants where he, he threw that interception to James Bradbury, and people say he threw a punt you know and uh, so you have to be smart about it. And you have to trust Taysom Hill to not throw into coverage just because he's being asked to run a shot play. You need to trust him to understand that if it's not there, you can pull it down and run with it. And that's been my only criticism of running those plays is it seems like either you're throwing it or you're running it. It's never read the defense. And if they are covering it, talk the ball and run. You don't have to throw to that guy if he's covered. <laughs> right? Make the decision be a quarterback um and so yeah i i don't think i don't think juan johnson or T- foster murrow being on the field uh, affects him that much because Taysom is not a tight end he'll occasionally line up a tight end he'll line up at the h he'll line up wherever but he's not he's not being a tight end let's be real i'm jeff noak this is inside black and gold you can follow me on twitter at jeff underscore Noak. You can follow the show at saints pod saints underscore pod there is an account called Saints Pod, and it's also a Saints Pod, but it's not the Saints Pod that you'll be looking for. So look for Saints underscore pod. You can check out the latest Saints news, analysis, interviews, whatever, over at WWL.com. You can check out Sports Talk 48 p.m. on WWL, AM 870, FM 1053, and the Odyssey app. Thanks, as always, for everyone who tuned in, everyone who left a comment. I always do appreciate it. And who that? Go Saints. Be easy, y'all. Peace.